39.1 degrees Celsius. Don't worry. You'll be just fine after a shot in some pose. When we have a high fever, we should go see a doctor for medical treatment. When Mother Earth is running a high fever. Extensively on the heat waves that have hit large Greece is bracing for its longest heat wave Climate on record. Change. Terrifying. Just like us, she reaches out for help. What can we do to make her feel better? I brought my own water bottle. I brought a reusable bag. Bring your own water bottle in place of disposable tableware. Don't use a plastic bag. It's too hot. Let's get a car. No, we can get there in just 10 minutes by bike. Walk or ride a bicycle instead of driving for short distances. Oh, wow. Is your phone broken? Why don't you get a new one? It's okay. I'll get it fixed and can still use it. Repair items whenever possible instead of replacing them with new ones. Don't bother printing out the meeting proposal. I've set up a shared online document for it. Build a paper-free working environment instead of printing everything out. The era of global warming has ended. Effects from global warming are recurring much more frequently than in the past. The era of global boiling has arrived. Mother Earth has a fever, and we cannot withstand the consequences. Take prompt actions to reduce, reuse, and recycle. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable, coming to you from Beijing. I'm Lai Ming. Coming up on today's show, as societies in China and around the world continue to urbanize, our exposure to nature is diminishing, and this may lead to consequences both short and long term. Nature education is a means to bridge the gap, and efforts along this line are made across cultures. Today, we look at some typical examples in nature education. Museums and exhibitions are experiencing a period of strong growth in China, and the excessive crowd is also posing a challenge to management. Is the search in museum craze sustainable? For today's discussion, I'm joined by Li Yi and Niu Hongling. First thing on the menu is nature education. We begin with some good examples of nature education to give you an idea. So there's a lab in、uh, rural Jiangxi Province where they provide that kind of.、Uh, Education? Should we call it education? Yes, I think we can call it as education. Is really called the Lanier's Laboratory, which is located in Wuyang County in Jiangxi Province. And you know, just at the China Na- Nature Education Conference held in July this year, this laboratory was made the list of the fourth batch of na- nature national nature education bases. And this lab was actually founded by a group of young Chinese people or Young Chinese re- Chinese researchers and talents in natural science sector in the year of 2018, and they, both of them, all of them, are from top universities in China and also academic institutions here in China. The name Linnaeus was actually named after the Swedish botanist. Carl Linnaeus,、um, who is the founder of the modern system of naming organisms, so the aim of this lab was really to bring more people closer to nature, and it's called lab. So there's a lot of research,、uh, you know, being processed in this institution, and beyond that, this lab is offering like. Exhibitions and events to let but the public know more about the natural science and also the nature world.、Mm-hmm. So the location of the lab 
uh, is in northeast Jiangxi province. Uh, it's subtropical weather uh, and also quite close to the Wuyi Mountains. So a lot of natural resources being available at the region. Um, the reason why they built this lab was, well, there was this uh, student who was formerly uh, a master student of botany from University of Chinese Academy of Sciences. And during his visit to the region, he um, felt rather impressed and rather in love with the uh, region's natural landscape and resources. And so a few years later, they uh, uh, started uh, this institution um, to specializing in nature education. Yeah, it's more like a group of people with the passion for nature, for plants, for different creatures in the wild. And, and the academic background as exactly. well. Exactly. And after a little bit too long time working in the lab, in their opinion, they decided to go outside, visit the nature, and decided to actually nest over there and start a lab so that they would be able to do what they love and also share the information with not only local people but actually people around the country. Until now, over 50,000 children and nearly uh, 10,000 parents have participated in their summer vacation activities organized by this laboratory and after five, well, over the course of five years, they have also started 88 different kind of inclusive academic salon and they have started a different kind of sharing activities and sharing events to again local people as well as people from outside of the county and the part with local people I'm actually quite impressed because they managed to communicate with the local community including farmers and people living in rural areas you would assume that they have the knowledge of their own plants and creatures but it's more like from a um, let's say personal experience exactly perspective whereas they were able to communicate with them and let them know which uh, bird is a very precious species which snake you should not poke but <laughs> rather to take them into the lab to give them um, necessary rescue so that after a while local people instead of um, trying to categorize um, local creatures based on whether or not they'll harm human or they'll harm their plants or their produce, they started to know them from a rather scientific way and started to be able to appreciate even the, let's say, peasants in old terms. Mm. I think that's quite interesting, you know, talking about like your local people know more about the place they have been living for years. And also beyond that, you know, this place, Wuyuan County, it has been known as a very popular tourism destination here in China, because we know in spring, you can just enjoy a very beautiful scenery of yellow flower sea but actually Wuyuan is also uh, a place or a place of uh, introduction of a very um, natural forestry resources and mm-hmm. also the uh, inhabitant of a lot of microorganisms here in China so that's why this group group of young you know researchers decide to launch their lab here in the location for example they have been working to replicate the local ecosystem in Wuyuan for example there's a native fish tank you can see those fish species that are naturally found in a specific region's local water bodies and also there's a native stream tank you can enjoy, uh, see what is like the, the natural stream environment in Wuyang County. And also there's an ecological tank featuring the local limestone landscape. So they are very diversified um, 
say representation of the local natural sceneries and resources.、Mm. When you say native fish tank, native stream tank, and ecological tank featuring the local limestone landscape, all of this sounds indoors.、Uh, what I'm really、uh, puzzled with is that we are talking about nature education, and by its definition, or by the name, by the words is, that's included in the phrase, I would assume. You know, having a bunch of kids running around wild <laughs> in the nature. Why? Why bother building native fish tanks? That that's so artificial and so indoorsy. I think the aim of building such a、uh, tank is not really to, you know, maybe I think they are also doing research, but beyond that, they are just trying to show what is like the this this little ecosystem where those local fish live in are that, and that is kind of a very good lesson or courses for kids out there. I think that's a very good example of how、uh, this lab has been doing to popularize you know knowledge related to natural science. In a very fun way,、mm-hmm. mm, and also we can take the following consideration. I believe the best map you can make is evidently a scale one-to-one parallel projection of the surface one wants to chart, or、There's、the kind. There's not enough space for that.、Thank、exactly,、you. but such a map is clearly just too hard to handle and quite superfluous. In Extremist. The most accurate image of an object is the object itself, which I think is what Liming is trying to say. So you want to learn about the nature, go into the nature. But sometimes that is not the best option when the nature is simply too complicated and too big and just too hard to explain every little detail because there are just too many elements intertwined together.、Okay. Whereas when you can have a tank. All these three different kinds of tanks. You can simplify the situation, so it's easier for people to understand. All right, sure, I, I'm convinced.、Uh, now, the reason why I pose this challenging question is,、um, I wonder how the education is conducted at the lab. Because、um, when you say education, I would、uh, conjure up in my mind、uh, an image of my old biology class where I tend to fall asleep and、uh, not knowing what's happening there.、Aww. You know, so.、Um, But the figure you provide is、uh, was quite impressive. I mean, over five fifty thousand children and nearly ten thousand parents, as well as the、uh, present community in the neighborhood, they've all been、uh, influenced、um, by、uh, the lab. And I wonder how is it that they were able to, let's say,、um, get to the people they've so far been able to affect. I think they are also launching a lot of natural science courses outdoor. I think that's what you love, Liming.、Um, and they are open both to kids and adults.、Uh, the purpose of such arrangement is really to bring more people to understand, respect, and love nature. For example, they have such course.、Um, for example, you can ob- observe the behaviors of nocturnal creatures, meaning animals that are active during the night and sleeping during the day. So、like、you can really. Right, you can really join such events and courses in the forest at night. So that sounds quite interesting. And also, you can wander in the canyon and see the habitats of forest birds, and also uncover the mystery of biology through sophisticated equipment in the lab. And also, there's a very interesting course where you can see how different plants used in alcohol drink、um, are grown and the. Very sophisticated features of such plants. So there are a 
are various natural science courses being provided, and more importantly, they are not just there for children, for kids. Like parents are also important participants of such classes, so that people of all ages, educational background, can really learn something from such interesting activities. So,、uh, in comparison to、uh, very boring biology classes where kids have to memorize. The features of different insects and and mammals and、uh, reptiles. How many arms and legs they must have, and how many antennae they must have.、Uh, you get an innovative arrangement of、uh, courses,、uh, not necessarily pertaining to a boring syllabus that you often see on a biology class. Yes, I think it's more like a field study that has been used for a lot of like researchers and、um, academic institutions. You have to really go to go into the nature if you really want to learn about nature, right? That's the very essence of this、uh, natural lab here in Wuyuan County in Jiangxi Province. And also, I think、uh, talking about how such lab is bringing changes to local villages.、Uh, Nunu mentioned.、Um, The researchers have been working to let the local people to learn more about their environment, and I think beyond that,、um, this lab is also offering some economic benefits to local villagers because they are really collaborating with、uh, local villages. And for example, the study tours organized by such lab can last for a day, so villagers、uh, living there can really offer meal services to participants of the study event. So it can just、uh, bring, say, extra revenue for the local villages. So it's like a Um, Win-win cooperation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it really sounds like a one-of-a-kind lab or education、uh, solution that we have here in China. But really, we have a lot more than that. In fact,、uh, latest data shows that currently there are fifteen thousand five hundred and seventy nature education institutions across the country, with the highest numbers located in Beijing and Guangdong province. So.、Um, There, there are other forms of、uh, nature education institutions as well. I mean,、oh, some、yeah. are located in wetlands. Totally, actually,、um, you can imagine in certain places they have transformed an entire land or entire island into, in my opinion, a nature-themed theme park、oh. that you can enjoy. Because、um, apparently, this place is in Chongqing, the city, and it is already open to general public. People would be able to go. And visit all the little things they've done to that little island, because actually over a decade ago, during periods of low water levels,、uh, this. Place which is called Guangyang Island,、mm-hmm. uh, which is covered about ten square me- kilometers, with most of the land planned for upscale residential areas. Extensive development projects led to exposed slopes and cliffs, and、mm-hmm. um, several degradation of original forest damage, and many things happened to this poor land. But after a while, in order to protect the environment and also the environment around that island, in 2017,、um, the existing real estate development has been halted so that it can be restored and all the plants can be, let's say, helped and、uh, rescued. And in 2019, they started to plan this new. Guangyang Island project, making it into a very forestry, a really, really green place. Actually, after、um, exploration, the ecological restoration area of the forest on the island's dam has exceeded 220 acres. When damaged mountains and polluted ponds have now been miraculously restored, flourishing with life and 
extra, let's say, plants and creatures, and the number of animals and plants on the island has increased from 310 species before storage to 458 species now, including 25 newly recorded bird species, such as black. Stork and golden eagle and all these different wildlife are now part of the enjoyable tourism experience that you can enjoy if you decide to visit that tower. Or Sounds like a good setting、island. for, let's say, for the idea behind a movie named Insect Park or Reptile <laughs> Park. But anyway,、um, it's it's really interesting in the sense that we are drawing a comparison to what is offered in schools, and I wonder、uh, what are the Uh, entities behind such designs or such national、uh, nature education facilities,、uh, there must be entities other than schools, right? Oh yeah, actually,、uh, the 2023 China Nature Education Conference released a new plan, saying by 2035,、uh, we'll build a total of 10,000 high standard nature education demonstration sites nationwide by fully making use of urban parks,、uh, suburban. Parks, zoos, and gardens, other nature education spaces, and when it comes to nature education. Um, the word education brings me back to schools, whereas <laughs> I think we can call it maybe science or nature science communication experience. Experience, because it's not all about kids; it's、mm. about adults as well. And if you don't have the I'm not going to say basic ability, but the capacity to understand the information you acquire from online to tell truth from fault, from from right from wrong, to help your kids to navigate in this sea of information. If you lack that basic idea of what nature is about, of what science is about, of how human live in this wild, wild world, then you you just should not be. Or considered as a very adequate parent, in my opinion. I don't know. That's we are. Very, that's we very are demanding at, for parents. I, I know <laughs> because I. It's my demand for myself <laughs> since I've、uh, newly become a parent. The,、yeah. So my my I think my point here is that we should all learn a little bit about nature, about science, and having these kind of demonstration, these kind of plans. Um, make me feel like we have more sources to do so.、Mm. I'm here with you, Nunu, because I think,、uh, as you said,、uh, it's really important for people to have some basic understanding of this、mm. uh, natural world, and、uh, it can help us to understand, you know, the relation between us to other species and why we are here, and also to have a better understanding of our future, maybe. But I think sometimes, say,、um, when you when it comes to natural science, biology, you know, this kind of very professional. Knowledge might be quite difficult to understand for average person, so that's why I think for such events, say、well, we're talking about popularization of natural science, it should be done in an accessible and easy to understand way. Because you have to first of all attract people to come to the place, say the lab, to say the research base or the popularization、uh, center, and then you just tell that knowledge in a very fun and engaged way. I think that's the very challenging work for those. Um, research centers out there because we have a ton of talents, we have a ton of res- professional researchers. Yet, how to you know deliver that knowledge in a quite easy to understand way is quite challenging because、um, not really not every person can understand those professional knowledge, and unless you are a 
parent who is, you know, quite passionate about bringing professional knowledge to her kid, and you are e- eager to learn about that. However, for average per- people, it's really necessary to deliver that thing in a very fun way. I think is it really necessary? Because really,、um, all of this sounds like pe- city people talk. Because、uh, uh, somebody who's Grew up in a rural area, who's quite accustomed to, well, getting close to nature. I think we do. We really need that. I mean, we are at urbanization rate above sixty percent in here in China, and、uh, more and more people are living in big cities. I, for one, am glad to, and also very very happy, not having to.、Uh, Not having to recognize the types of spiders there are in my life and <laughs> determining whether they are dangerous to my life or not, whether they are threats, because、uh, they honestly don't、uh, exist in, in an urban setting. What's the point of educating people、uh, on nature and very specific,、uh, sometimes even boring,、uh, information about nature? I mean,、uh, other than let's say they they know a bit more about nature and as such they might feel、uh, more close to nature and、uh, feel obligated to protect it well i don't think it's about that i think the reason especially me personally i personally feel that we should have a Basic knowledge pool, or have a enough background information, is because we live in a age that information is just bomb. We we're bombarded with information, and it's hard for us to tell which is is useful for us, which is correct, and which is actually just、um, redundant. Redundant, and and some are just incorrect, and. I think with、um, enough information or enough background knowledge about the basics, at least when there's a wildfire, maybe, and we see a lot of short video telling us that it hurts、um, everyone on the planet, we would have the idea or have、um, our own judgment, have ability to make our own judgment to see whether or not it's right. But shouldn't and- we just watch Lion King and learn that?、Uh- It's a life circle, and everything is connected. <laughs> and that, well, and that, that it might、day. help as well. And I think sometimes in the world, we sometimes many people here do not know that they do not have enough information, or they do not have enough information to make a decision. And having all these facilities and institutes and maybe ex,、um, demonstration venues at least would give people the chance to. To enrich their knowledge pool, if they want to. I think we always talk about, say, topics like biodiversity, right? We know that all the species living on the planet are interconnected with each other, and we have so many lectures and media reports talking about such topic. However, really, if you don't really have such, say, real life experience, you don't really feel such, you know, giant topics are so related to you personally. You know, let me just give you one example.、Um, here in Beijing. There's a park called Nanhaizi Park, which、yes. is located in suburban、uh, Beijing. Park, yeah. Yes,、um, it's actually the site for the re- reintroduction of Milu, which is actually a local native species of deer here in China. And this place actually used to be the location where、uh, these species、uh, became extinct in the wild. So,、mm-hmm. the, so the researchers are really, you know, working to reintroduce spe- such species. And inside that park, there's a very famous corner called the World Extinct Wildlife. 
cemetery, and it's arranged like dominoes. And when you walk through that dominoes,、uh, you can just、uh, actually see、um, say 100 tombstones, and on each tombstone, especially those collapsed tombstones, you can see the name of the animal and also the dates of、uh, the extinction of that animal. And、uh, you know,、um, for those、uh, tombstones are not really collapsed; there are like species still living on this planet. And the second last one is human beings. So when you walk through that tombstone, when you walk through that dominoes, you you know you will feel vividly that oh, each species are intertwined with each other, interacted, interconnected with each other. I think that's the purpose of such say natural science popularization of such events. Uh, you really give a very candid understanding of human beings of of the public, and they can truly understand the importance of of protecting animals and protecting biodiversity in that way.、Mm. That's a very powerful example and very strong, very strong argument coming from Li Yi. And before we move on from this topic, last thing is when we talk about nature education, we automatically automatically think about getting people immersed in nature. And、uh, but I wonder whether technology has a part to play in. Here,、um, whether、uh, technologies like、uh, VR or augmented reality, do they have a part to play in, in assisting nature education? Oh, totally! Actually, they can be very helpful in different ways. For example, you can have a VR and AR kind of exhibition, sitting in your couch when you have the goggles, and also for other places, including museums and exhibitions, they would be able to use these technology to give you an immersive. Um, experience so that you would understand it better, even if you're not actually in a natural area, and that is. I guess、um, I feel that you don't really need to deem that knowledge necessary. They can also be fun and powerful and impressive. Mm-hmm. And also, certain technologies might enable us to see things that are no longer available for us to see.、Uh, the examples of Li Yi mentioned earlier: certain extinct animals that are no longer on this planet, or certain geological changes that we can't be there in person to witness. These are all very good examples to teach us、uh, about what's going on around us in terms of the nature and what kind of consequences、uh, these changes might have on our. Selves and our, on our societies. So these are all very interesting uh, uh, issues that we uh, should uh, pay attention to. You're listening to Roundtable coming up in the second half of the show. The museum business, unlike others more closely connected to our lives, seem to have experienced a period of strong growth in the wake of novel coronavirus pandemic. It seems that、uh, when people are not traveling outside of their own province, they look for places where they where they can spend some time. Getting some educational experience as well, but museum management is、uh, confronted with the question: how to make it last, and、uh, where this influx of people、uh, benefit the museum in the long term. Stay with us. <laughs> 